that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, um, how are you doing today? December fifth. Is it is it cold over there? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, it's about as cold as it gets, you know, as you remember uh, living here. It's about as cold as it gets around this time. It doesn't really hit until, like, January. Yeah. It's 61 in Baton Rouge right now, so we're we're doing all right. We're staying yeah. north of 60. That's my line. That's my cutoff. Anything below 60, you got to start wearing sweats and the, <laughs> the layers and all it's that. It's hoodie stuff. and shorts weather right now still. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hoodie and shorts weather. Um, but the basketball has... Turned up a notch um, across the state, really, in my opinion. I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week, but um, the WAC is having conference games. Uh, I have that on my docket, a couple of those mm-hmm. results. But um, I think both of us, well, both of us, I know, both of us watched and have the Texas women's basketball game uh, on the top of our list. So we'll, we'll just start there. We'll count it yeah. as mine, um, and we'll go from there. But Texas women's beats UConn 80-68. to I'll throw it straight to you because mm-hmm. it's up to you where you want to start. I, I was impressed. Yeah, I, I think I texted you like because I was re- I rewatched the game yesterday, and I think I'm ready to say that this Texas team is a Final Four team. Like I really do. Um, I really do think that because of course we we were we were hesitant to like really make any strong opinions about them because they hadn't played anybody um and this was going to be by far their 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 first test and their biggest test and obviously UConn has hurt a little bit with obviously AZ Fudd but they also have some other key injuries out yeah. but this is still UConn right this is still a, a top I mean, I don't know. That's that's kind of that's one thing I'm trying to figure out is like how good is this UConn team? They're still that's obviously true. one of the best teams, one of the best programs in the country. But how they are, are in top, that? Are they top 15? Are they top 20? You know, that's where I'm kind of at right now. Yeah, they're. I think they're top 20. Like I, you look through it, like I think they're in that top 20 range. The question mm-hmm. is, like, I watched Virginia Tech lose to LSU, and I don't think Virginia Tech's great this year either. Right. But I think i might have virginia tech a little bit over you like i have them in the same realm as far as like 15 to 20 so yeah. but still I, I still think this is a very impressive one which we'll talk about because of i think it's not about uconn as much as i think it is about texas right 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 this is a uconn team that you know has lost they, this is their third loss but it's nc state ucla and texas right they're not bad losses um but the i think the way that texas won this game was what i was most impressed with because me and you said on on the last episode that okay this they should be a favorite in this one i didn't get i guess i didn't like anticipate how convincingly they would win this right they came out i believe it was 15 to 3 or something like that to start right, off, off the, the game bat. yep Roy yeah, off the bat. Point first quarter yeah. and they never they never let up i mean the fact that texas two biggest players in this game were Roy Harmon and Madison Booker the freshman like 
look, I remember I remember when I saw the last time we talked, I was like, oh yeah, Madison Booker just plays with this confidence. And then the first shot she takes is just a walk-in step in three early in the shot clock and just swishes it. And it's like, oh, okay, like she's that type of player. And the thing that impressed me most was I've mentioned we've mentioned the front court for Texas, but the fact that they were able to throw so many different looks at Aaliyah Edwards for UConn yep. on defense, because they knew that it was Paige Backers and Aaliyah Edwards. If if UConn was gonna win this game, it was gonna be through those two players. And Aaliyah Edwards had a great game, don't get me wrong, 11, 9 of eleven, but she they were able to throw so much at her on the other end and make her work in many different ways because they have they have the 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 big who rolls to the basket in Taylor Jones. They have who's also their defensive stalwart. They have the stretch player in Madison Booker who can kind of do a little bit of everything. They have Amina Muhammad. Like they have so many different types of bigs, um, and that's without like you know Khadija Fai and and you know Deanna Gaston is not playing right now. And so like there's so many other looks they can throw to where the backcourt so much is taken off the backcourt and you can throw Madison Booker in with the backcourt if you want to, because yeah. she plays a lot out there on the wing um, to where, yeah, right now, like where's the weakness right now, as of how they're playing right now, you know, my question is where's the weakness for this team? Cause they haven't showed it yet. Yeah. Madison Booker is the difference maker here. We've seen Rory Harmon alongside a lot of, you know, good players, Sonia Morris last year and, mm -hmm. you know, Shayla Gonzalez is back and Shay Holly or whoever else you want to throw in that group of, we've seen her around like good players, but Madison Booker. And I mean, I'm, I've watched this up close with like Michaela Williams at LSU. Like you see these yeah. transcendent, like freshmen that are going to come in and be all conference players for three years of their career. And it's like, okay, now you have a compliment to what mm. you have in Roy Harmon. And that's the biggest thing. It feels like there's yeah. just not nearly as much pressure on Roy Harmon to score as there is, as there was the past two years. I mean, especially last yeah. year when she came back from injury. So I think that's yeah. my biggest takeaway is Madison Booker. Uh, that's, that's the difference that just opens up the game for everybody. I think I, yeah, I underestimated how much of an initiator she would be. Cause like, that was a question we had was like, what do they look like without Roy Harmon? And you know, sure. She's, Warren Harmon's going to play as much as he's going to play. So that question probably won't need to get solved, barring, you know, something unforeseen. But like, even with Rory Harmon, like I said, Ma like we mentioned, Madison Booker brings the ball up the court sometimes, right? Like, she'll just get her own shot or she'll initiate the offense. And it's like, that, that was something that I legitimately didn't take into account. So, yeah, like that, that kind of like, in a way, solves a little bit of the who else is going to be running this offense. <laughs> I, I'm just big picture wise, I can't. I, we've already talked about how great this freshman class is in the country. Yeah. The general IQ and the overall like ability just to be like a basketball player and like pass the ball the way Booker's passing it and mm -hmm. for Wiley for South Carolina, Michaela Williams for Ellis. Like, um, obviously you go down like um, Juju at South Carolina. Like mm -hmm. this is I'm this sorry, not South Carolina. Stellar freshman class. Uh, USC, sorry. But like the way they're coming in and impacting the game, and then you could even go to like Baylor last year with like you know. Uh, Fauntleroy and Little Page Bugs, the way they're playing. Like the overall like baseline for freshmen feels like it's being moved up significantly. I don't maybe right. this is just a one-off. Maybe this maybe. is just a class that has 15 like potential all-conference players in it. But right. it is incredible to watch Madam Madison Booker and be like, okay, yeah, she's a freshman and she looks like, you know, one of the best basketball players on the court right now, which has Roy Harmon, Paige Beckers, Leah. Yeah. One question I do have for you is I'm curious, do, like I'm willing to say that Rory Harmon's the best two-way player, not just guard. Like I think player 
in the country right now. Cause I think it's a discussion. Obviously you probably throw Cameron Brink in there from Stanford. Um, I'm curious, like, what do you think? Because there was one sequence to me that like really showed her value outside of just steals. It was the sequence where I think, um, I'm trying to remember what it was. I think Texas scored. No, no, no. Uh, Texas missed a bunny. Paige Beckers gets the ball and Roy Harmon's right there on her. And Roy Harmon doesn't get the steal, but Shay Hall, not Shay Holly, uh, Shaylee Gonzalez does because Paige is occupied with Roy Harmon. She doesn't see Shaylee Gonzalez poke the ball out from behind her. All of a sudden, Roy Harmon takes it and then gives it to Khadijah Fai for a, for an easy layup. It was like one of those moments where you're like, that doesn't count as a steal for Roy Harmon, but like that's something that's like, it's like, oh yeah, like no one else picks up the number one, you know, the number one point guard in the country, like 90 feet from the basket and then forces a turnover off of her because of she's, she's not paying attention to the other player that's stealing the ball from her. Is hers. Okay. And this is going to sound stupid because she's just yeah. scored 27 points, but like it, offensively, is she capable of taking over the games in six straight and not even six straight games of tournament, but in the tournament, yeah, when yeah. we get to the sweet 16 elite eight final four, those three games, she's going to have to put the team on her back for stretches. And that's sure. what I'm interested to see. That's the only question I have, because I think you're right. I think she's in that conversation. But we have seen Beckers, Clark. I mean, even I don't Angel Reese hasn't been what she I mean, she missed time of the season, but mm-hmm. like Angel Reese did it. You know, those players have done it now to where they've gone through a final four and done. It. That's going to be interesting to see if Rory Harmon can does it. I do think that's the kind of the, she determines the ceiling for this team is yes, yes. all right, big games here. Can you do what you just did against UConn? 27 points, set the tone on both ends. Then I will be, have no problem saying she's one of the best players in the country um, regardless of position because. Right. Um, well, I was going to say, that's, I, that's I, why I said two way. I think two way right yeah. now, I think best, I think best player two ways. Um, now, granted, you mentioned Clark and Reese, like they're so good on one end that they kind yeah. of elevates their entire game. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I, I do. She definitely think she definitely has a way to go. But as far as like con- the contribution, could, goes, the best player that could also make an all defense team in her conference. Yes, yes, I think like I think the, like, the discussion to me is like her and like Cameron Brink basically right now. Um, um, and I'm trying to think of anybody else. Who I need to watch more South Carolina. I've watched a couple of South Carolina, but Cardoso. True, yeah, I haven't seen much of them right now. She just. So, off the top of my head it's her and cameron brink right now but anyway. um so yeah that that that's the interesting part but i do th- i mean just in general the ceiling for this team like we now know they have the ancillary pieces to be like all right booker jones you know you went down the list already but those players now it's yeah. all right can Roy Harmon compete with can she match clark like these players at the top right. of of the country and i you know she just did so It'll be interesting. The last thing I do want to say on this is, um, and it kind of leads into separately, but um, mm-hmm. I do think you could, they're number five in the country right now. Texas is uh, after mm-hmm. the win, they moved up five spots. I tweeted this out. You could put three through 14 in almost any order and I will buy it. Um, I don't, I'm not going to read them all off, but like for instance, Colorado's at eight, LSU's at seven, USC six, um, like Baylor at 10, which we'll talk about in a second. Stanford mm-hmm. dropped down to nine after their loss. Like, no, I think Notre Dame's still pretty good. Utah, Ohio State. So it's a very um, interesting proposition when you get into that, like, middle of the pack in the top 25. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think that's that's a good way to look at it. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that people are – 
we were pretty, I don't know if we were early on it, but we were pretty confident in saying that this Texas team was going to be the best in the state. And I don't want to say that everybody else didn't because they were the highest ranked coming into the season. But like, I felt like me and you were early on, like how good this team could be if things fell right. Yeah. Um, and it seems like they're now getting that with, you know, they just cracked in the top five with the, in the AP people. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, we'll kind of see how the rest of the, the rest of it, you know, um, uh, the rest of it unfolds. So, so. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have Do you have a game you want to talk about, or do you want to stay on the women's side? Because oh, uh, let's stay on the women's side. Let's go. go. I'm thinking uh, for me, Baylor women are now number ten in the country. Yeah, I went back and watched um, the condensed 25 minute game on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I was just floored well two things first of all oregon get out of the damn zone they just couldn't (laughs) like please they were it was the softest zone i've ever seen and they just stayed in it and let or and let baylor um carve them up regardless baylor's um overall scoring versatility was just obvious and i know they only finished the game shooting 39.4 percent but Mm-hmm. It felt like every look they got was on their own terms for the most part. And you see the potential. You see uh, where Sarah Andrews, even though she only went three of 12 from the from the field, you see like how she can get her shot and you're comfortable with it. Asia Blackwell is just really tough. 12 rebounds, five steals, uh, mm-hmm. but she only got three of 11. Adriana uh, uh, Edwards, obviously, uh, Little Page Bugs. Little Page Bugs, eight of 15 from the field, man. She just... Uh, she's a firecracker. She is yeah. fill it up in a lot of ways. So yeah, I love this starting five a lot. Um, and then obviously final Roy off the bench, but I think this is legitimately, like I just said that you can put three through 14 anywhere, but I feel pretty good about this team as a top 10 team right now. Yeah, no, I, I do too. Um, this team is, again, we'll talk. I think we'll, I, I do have some early questions about the depth. Um, yeah, especially when they start playing a team like a Texas. But I think in the Big 12, as it stands right now, I think Texas may be the only team that could be able to push that, I think. Um, they, sh- I, In my opinion, they may be able to get away with this roughly, what, six to seven player rotation they have right now. Yeah. And then, you know, we you, you watch the Oregon game, and Oregon does have some bigs, like legitimate like centers, like 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". I think yeah. they have a 6'7 on there as well. And they did punish them at times um with that so you do wonder how um that plays against different teams maybe teams that don't turn the ball over as much maybe teams that can take advantage of different situations because you know you do have blackwell and edwards as your as your bigs and it's a Mm -hmm. it's not a comfortable situation defensively when you're playing those 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 six seven uh, six five players so um I, I but they they handled Utah. Utah was a good matchup for them. Beat them. Oregon, it's a little bit bigger team. Took care of them. There's a lot of teams in the country right now that maybe don't don't have the biggest teams. I mean LSU, Iowa, yeah. um, you know those type of teams. And I think Baylor matches up well with all of them. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, who do they got next? I haven't I haven't seen their schedule. Let's see. Where is Baylor on my tabs? Baylor's next game, Delaware State, Miami, Providence, South Florida to round out the non-conference. Okay. So, four nice. Winnable games, Miami South yeah. and South Florida are, I should be, I guess, somewhat challenging. But 
mm-hmm. I like their non-conference schedule though. They've only had a couple walkover games. Like they played uh, two SWAC teams and McNeese. Other than that, it's been basically, I mean, fairly tough. I mean, SMU hasn't been great this year, but it's a good, still right. Yep. All okay. Right. Um, I'm gonna stay. Let's see. This might be my. I don't know if it's the last one on the women's side, but I must cap off the women's side. Um, at least for me. Uh, I'm going to go SFA. So they beat ACU in overtime, 89-82. And mm-hmm. I just want to kind of touch on a little bit of what It was Leonard double Bishop, overtime. Yeah, double overtime, sorry. Um, yeah. I just want to touch a little bit on what Leonard Bishop doing. So they went over to they, went, they started the season 0-2, losses to Liberty in North Texas, which North Texas looks like that's a pretty good team. So, I, you know, that's not a bad loss. Um, and so obviously he had to remake the team a little bit. Um, with a lot of the players going elsewhere and some following Kellogg to, to West Virginia. And they've gone, they got four straight now. Um, all in state teams, Texas Southern, Rice, Tarleton, and now ACU, who look, was looking pretty solid as well. But also just the way they're playing, they're, I believe, let me see, they're 14th in the country in assisted shot rate right now, which is a continuation of what Kellogg was doing. It's a very ball movement, motion heavy. Uh, a system that again Leonard this is why you promote Leonard Bishop right when you see something working you just kind of keep that going defensively they're not great right now that's kind of the thing that's kind of been biting them I believe they're 169th in the country in field goal percentage allowed but you look at everything else around them they can also be a better shooting team they're shooting under 30 percent but they're the two-point percentage and the overall field goal percentage is actually pretty solid and you consider the fact that they're sharing the ball they're moving the ball around a ton still um their assisted turnover is still in the positives of, of the country. So, again, like just a little touch on them. They're not falling off, right? It's maybe a little bit of a stumbling block season just because of what they have to replace and what they're, you know, a lot of players having to play a lot more. Um, but it's not a it's not a rebuild or a reloading or I, I don't know. It's not like a teardown, right? It's it's yeah. more or less keeping what's going and keeping what's working. Yeah. Now. Um... 2-0, uh, along with Grand Canyon atop the conference. Just, I mean, obviously, two conference games in uh, December, to start off December, is yeah. uh, not normal. But, you know, you get two <laughs> wins right there. And now you go back into non-conference play with Portland and Alabama and Middle Tennessee. So some more tough games on the horizon. But, yeah, good wins over Tarleton State and Abilene Christian to kind of set the tone and be like, hey, we're going to be competing once again for, for the mm-hmm. WAC title here. Um, Grand Canyon's not for another couple months. I'm just looking at potential matchups here. But, yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, I'll stay in the WAC and I'll flip it to the men's side real quick because SFA men also beat Abilene mm. Christian in overtime. Mm-hmm. Only one overtime, though. Um, I watched some of this game. I did not watch all of it, but I was able to get my eyes on it a bit. And it's funny just – you know, you just turn this game on and immediately you're like, oh, these teams are like carbon copies of each other. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're just very similar. I, they're not big. Um, they're scrappy as hell. Uh, they get after it. And so, yeah, it makes sense that these two teams would go to overtime and, you know, be neck and neck uh, down down the stretch here. So, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about Abilene Christian uh, when they beat Oklahoma State. We've talked about SFA throughout this year and this was more of the same from both sides it was um i do want to give a shout out to uh matt Heyman, who hit the, the game tying three 
uh, almost at the buzzer for um, SFA. Mm. And it's overtime. He ends the game with 25 points, 9 of 14 shooting, um, by far the leading scorer on SFA. And then um, Abilene Christian, um, Diva, um, Ali Abdul Diva uh, ends with 21 points. He's been we, I mentioned this when we watched Oklahoma State. He has been someone who I was like, all right, he's kind of raw, but you see the – he understands the game. Like there's players who are raw that you don't understand the game, and you're just like, all right, get off the court. He's raw, and he's a little right. unconventional, but he he can feel the game really well. So that that's where you feel good about him getting to the free throw line. He had four steals. Now he did have eight turnovers but and five fouls. But, hey, that's what I'm saying. He's raw, unconventional, but he gets the job done. So – Shout out to him and uh, Arion Simmons is always going to get his points, twelve points as well. So, um, good win nice. uh, from Stephen F. Austin, and I believe that pushes them to one and one. And ACU is now zero and two in conference, uh, hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah, that was. All right. Yeah, I mean, the loss to UT Arlington for Abilene Christian is far more concerning uh, to start off conference play than a loss to SFA. But yeah, sure, eighty six seventy one loss. Um, so yeah, they gotta they gotta figure some things out, and we'll see if Alvin Christian gets uh back on the map now. And now they go back to into non conference play though with uh Northern Arizona, Howard Payne, UTEP, Arkansas. So, we'll see. alrighty, um, let's see the, on the men's side. So TCU seven and zero, and they just beat Georgetown. Who Georgetown again? Not the strongest team. They're, they're rebuilding and right did, now. Did they beat uh, Georgetown? People are asking. Oh, did you see the Did you no. see the shot? I, I did. I did. I mean, what's your take? I, I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. Now we have we. It's a win. A win's a win. I can't believe it wasn't reviewed. Listen, but or anything like that. There's a referee right there, but it, and it wasn't the most agree. It wasn't like Kevin Durant out of bounds, you know, touching the ball. It wasn't right, like that right. level egregious. But like the foot right. was like it touched the line, but it wasn't like right on it on it. Um, yeah. Like it was on it, but it wasn't like over it. It I was guess. on it, yeah. Yes. Look, they also look. I also think Georgetown's an improved team. Um, Ed Cooley is yeah. one of the best coaches in the country, and so I think he does have something cooking there, right? Whether what it what whether it manifests in something this season, um, we'll see. But th- again, this was this was one of the games we had marked because similar to Texas women's, they have not played anybody, right? Like the TCU has played. Literally. Houston Christian, Alcorn, Mississippi Valley State, UTRGV, Nebraska, Omaha, and Southern, right? So this was literally the the first game against similar caliber competition. And Georgetown is a, still a step behind that. So this was literally the first time against somebody with a pulse. Um, second, the next couple second games. Easiest schedule, second easiest schedule in the country, by the way, right now. 360, yes. 362nd. Yeah. And so again, we'll this is something I'm this was a fascinating game for me because I do think that it says enough about both teams. I think it says that TCU may not be, you know, this flawless team, right? I still think there's some things to work out there. And we'll see they get Clemson and Arizona State coming up, two more teams that are gonna be by far the best teams they've played. Um, but I also at the same time do think this says something about Georgetown potentially being decent this season. Because I do think that this TCU team is I think they're going to be not the the ceiling that we maybe gave them, right? It's like, oh, this could be this could be a contender, um, or this could be like a average middle of the pack. I think they're going to be upper upper middle of the pack, bottom tier contender status. Like, I, at least right now, that's what I feel. Because 
I do think that rotation does seem to be working out a bit. Um, we were kind of wondering, like, oh, these all these players, how do they work out? I mean, they're playing like nine or ten a night, and they're playing pretty consistently. They have like the front court rotation with Uday is the first guy off the floor, and then it seems like Mustafa is the first guy on the floor. So I don't know. It seems to be working out, and so I think that that depth to start off is going to provide some benefits to them. So. Uh, I mean, Miller is looking like he's more of a stretch four now than he has been in the past. Um, mm-hmm. As TC, oh, when I mentioned, uh, I think it was Jamie Plunkett from Two Four Seven and from Frogs Insider. He he tweeted out in the first game. He was like, and then and then he was live tweeting the game, and he's like, Emmanuel Miller uh, steps into a three, and I was like, he does what? Like, and so I, I and so I mentioned it, and he was like, yeah, he's been working on a shot a little bit. He had some, he took some more threes last year. And he went three of four in this game. Like he's been doing some things from beyond the arc. This guy was a 24% three-point shooter coming into TCU. And now he's at 41% shooting two a game. So yep. whether that's sustainable, we'll see. But he's able to add that to his arsenal now. Um, he's having a career high in point, or sorry, uh, he's one of his career best in points, almost 16 points a game. And I, that was something I necessarily didn't expect. He hasn't been that type of scoring force. Um, and in this game, he had 29 points. I'm looking at their Kimpom page right now. I yeah. don't think I've ever seen a team with, you, you know how on Kimpom they have different tiers of players, like significant contributor, role player, limited role, you yeah. go down the list. I don't think I've ever seen a team with five significant contributors on it. And all that Literally is, their start, like almost their starting lineup is yeah. just the significant contributors. Little, except Uday, obviously, who's way, yeah, way, yeah. way, way, way down there, where on the tab that says nearly invisible. So he's <laughs> going all the way down. But uh, I wonder, honestly, I wonder, does Uday start just because he's the tallest player? Wins the tip. I, I guess so. Like, well, because he he literally is like he's the first guy. Like by the first time out, he's off the floor. Like it's it's kind of crazy. Um. And so I'm partially wondering, like, why don't they just start Esau Mustafa? But I don't know. <laughs> you um, you know, you know Nate Duncan and Danny Larue, the NBA guys. Yes, yes, yes. Um, they, I don't know if they've, I don't know if they're the ones that came up with this, but they're the ones I heard it from. They call that the Keith Bogans, because apparently Keith. <laughs> oh Bogan yeah, and then you and then you play uh, Kyle Korver or something. He's like the worst starter of all time, apparently, and he just will get pulled like immediately and then not go back in until the start of the second half. Right, so, right. He's the, he's um, there to like help defense a little bit. Yeah, but he can't shoot. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like the, they call that the Keith Bogans. Um, or it's the uh, uh, oh god, who was who always started for Manu at San Antonio? <laughs> it was like that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like it didn't matter. Like it's like That's you're funny. you're getting pulled. Manu's going in. Like it did, it did not matter who was there. They had some random people starting for Manu. <laughs> it would be some <laughs> random dude. Like after like the the Michael Finley years and stuff, you got into some. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the the good uh, the Thabo Cephalosha role. It yeah, was like Thabo started the game, but it was like James Harden's getting on the floor. Come on now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, shout out to TCU. Um, all of your stats look great, and uh, we'll see if you are great Saturday, December 9th on a neutral court against Clemson. Um, yep. Decently tough game there, but we'll yeah. see. Um, you want to you want to go with another one, real quick? That's all I had. Yeah, I mean, okay, I got everything else. I didn't really. Those are the only games I saw this weekend. Because we you're in luck, then. You're in luck. Okay. I watched Rice women's basketball against okay. Texas A&M Corpus Christi. 
Mm-hmm. And it was an 84 to 56 beatdown from the Rice Owls mm. over AM Corpus Christi. And I was I was thinking to myself, how I know this AM Corpus Christi team isn't bad. Like we right. we have talked about them. You know, they lost by 20 to AM, but I didn't think that was a bad loss. They lost by seven to UTSA, not a bad loss. Beat Texas mm-hmm. State. And then all of mm-hmm. a sudden at home, and home is a relative term. Like it's not like you're it's a massive home court advantage for AM Corpus Christi, but like you get blown out by 30 points to Rice. And I watched the game and it was said a lot more about Rice than it did about AM Corpus Christi. I think that was my overwhelming takeaway was Rice ends the game going 10 to 26 from three. I thought they moved mm-hmm. the ball great. I think um, Malia Fisher, even though she was only one of six from the field, had three offensive boards, nine, uh, or I'm sorry, two assists, two steals, a block. And like, even with her only having four points, you had Hayes at center who was just posting up at six, two, uh, who's kind of a problem five, eight from the field and it shoots the ball a ton. So their um, versatility was impressive. And I just was really impressed with their, um, the way that they played, they made and Corpus Christi uncomfortable, which it's hard to do. Like I said, I, they played a better game against Corpus Christi than Texas A&M did. than you know, hmm. a lot of teams did. So credit to rice. This is a good win. And um, I'm not too, too worried about any Corpus Christi. I actually thought they like moved the ball fairly well, but just they it couldn't make a shot. Three of 16 from three. And then I uh, got to the line 23 times. Couldn't really make the free throws 15 to 23, but yeah. Not too worried about any Corpus, Corpus Christi, but rice good win for y'all. Yeah. Looking and at that, the numbers right now, this rice team is, Kind of, I mean, I guess we expected them to be a little young this year with like some, or at least yeah. some younger contributors like Shelby Hayes, you mentioned. Uh, Jazzy Owens Barnett continuing to play around, let me see, 19, almost 20 minutes a game. She's um, Dominique Ennis is one of their highest minutes getters. So, like, yeah, it is kind of a younger team. And like, I guess I'll have to, I'll have to really watch another game soon because like Malia Fisher's not scoring as much as she has been. Nope. Um, she's down in points, only 8.7 points a game compared to 11 and 11.8 the past couple of years. So, um, but I don't know, that might lend itself to benefit them because, you know, when she tailed off in, in conference last year, that's kind of when the team kind of tailed off a bit. So that might be a little bit, yeah. I do like Shelby Hayes is starting. Um, I do think she gives them a different type of presence in the post. So I do like the fact that she's kind of getting, she's kind of making that center position hers. Yeah, and and they use her a lot. Like they've they've fed her routinely. Yeah. Um, like I, I, in AM Corpus Christi, it's not like a super small team. They start six two six two in the front court. Right, right. So it's not like they're small, but Hayes was going at them. So um, that was a uh, impressive from her. Rice has Gonzaga, Prairie View, and Houston, uh, before it gets into conference play. So I'm especially excited for that Houston game on December twentieth. Yeah. Um, as always, we we love that. Okay, um, I do have a couple results to note. Um, right. Well, I have two on the women's side. Um, UTSA women beat UTEP ninety to sixty six ish. I texted you this, and I I couldn't I couldn't really believe my eyes. Yeah. Again, UTSA is without Jordan Jenkins, but it doesn't seem to matter because. UTEP has just fallen by the wayside. I've been really disappointed yeah. by the way UTEP has, has uh, played this year. 
Let's yeah. see if I can pull. It um, and like, I mean, I was very underwhelmed with the Keith Adams hire. Um, just because like it felt like UTEP was saying, hey, old coach that had success here before, come save us, you know. Um, and it's so hard to run that back a lot of the times. Like it's so hard to run that concept back of like, oh, she was great here once or he was great here once. So let's do it again. Um yeah, I don't know. It hasn't it hasn't been a good it hasn't been that great of a start uh for UTEP women's. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how much to take from it just because like it is hard to like essentially remake the roster right um yeah. but i mean losses to lamar in there again I, I think lamar is good but again utep probably should have a standard above that they got drilled by tcu they only beat north alabama basically in the last month so yeah it's uh not not a great start and like you mentioned they're getting drilled by well, who they should be considered peer uh, peer programs with utsa um mm-hmm. i mentioned tcu lamar like they're getting beat convincingly by these teams I, and I want to give a shout out to Lisa Coleman for UTSA with Jordan Jenkins mm-hmm. out. Like, she hasn't been perfect. She hasn't had like routinely put up 20 points or anything like that, but like 23 points, 11 of 13 shooting, eight rebounds. That's and no, no free throws also like, yeah, that's the performance that this team needs with Jenkins not available right now. And mm-hmm. so that's credit to her. You know what you're getting from the guards. Love white. We've talked about this UTSA team at length before but man 58 percent from the field for utsa in this game 35 of 60 like like whether again like i think we we probably have to start having the discussion of like if even if they get jordan jenkins back what condition she's in when she gets back i i think this is the best possible situation she can come back to to where it's like they don't need her to come back and be the 18 yeah. 15 point per game player you know like she can they can t- and i'm also wondering like if they're purposefully taking their time with like bringing her back because they realize the team's a lot better this year. Um, again, we'll, have to, we'll, we'll wait for more news on that and we'll adjust expectations as needed. But even right now, this is probably just a middle of the pack AAC team, which is crazy to think about when, you know, last year they were a middle of the pack conference USA team with their best player. Yeah. Um, 22 assists. It's just mm. staggering. Um mm-hmm. They have Houston coming up next on uh, Thursday, December fourteenth. So we can we can half away. I don't know what games we're going to talk about on Friday. Everybody has their finals ish. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll lock in. Maybe, maybe do a power ranking or a stock up, stock down thing, down or something like that. Or look at our preseason predictions or something. We'll yeah. we'll get creative. We'll get creative. Yeah, I was about to say uh, not many was- like not many high profile games, but games I'm going to be interested in because like. Lamar goes to AM and not on women's side. And I'm not I'm not expecting Lamar to pull an upset. But like again, Lamar's decent, right? I'm curious yeah. to see how they handle that kind of talent and that kind of uh talent discrepancy. So again, not really not really like games that I'm gonna be like, oh, I gotta I gotta watch this one, but ones I'm gonna be kind of interested in checking out. Last game I wanted to mention, last result I wanted to mention, um mm-hmm. is uh Texas AM beating Kansas. Uh, good win uh, at home for for the Aggies. Uh, I was not able to watch this game, but Janai Barker ends with 18 points. India Rogers 17, and uh, yeah, they they win games against you know Kansas is a good team. They didn't they win the NIT last year, or they got to the championship or one of the two. I remember yeah, because they hosted it. So I, that's all I know. But um, 
you know, beat a good team shooting 36%. They held Kansas to 31% shooting um, and forced 16 turnovers. So even with Aisha Koulibaly only having two points and um, Lauren Ware, three of 10 from the field, still to win this game by double digits is impressive. And it was a close game going to the fourth quarter. They outscored by nine in the fourth. So good win from uh, Texas A&M. And we'll see. I, I don't know what to make of AM right now. I don't know what to make the SEC right now in general outside of LSU and South Carolina because the other three teams keep losing in Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Tennessee, but they're playing good teams. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. Like Tennessee lost to Ohio State and they've lost to like, I don't have it in front of me, but they've lost to some like good teams, Notre Dame and Indiana. Yeah. So we'll see. I will say um, I was dumb and completely forgot that Texas plays Marquette Thursday on the men's side. Oh, so that it? That, that, that's going to we'll be the one. Um, and then we also, I mean, for your comedic, uh, for, well, I think one other game that's interesting to me is going to be SMU at, at Arizona State on the men's side. Um, yes. I'm very curious about that one. The one that's going to be probably fun for you uh, on the men's side, Rice at Houston. <laughs> um, <laughs> take of that what I, you will. Rice played Houston Christian. Here's a result I didn't even have written down. Rice played Houston Christian, and I was like, man, uh-huh. might score 100. Because Rice has been scoring in the 90s. Yeah. And – what was the final score in this game? Let me look, let me get it up real quick because I was just was very disappointed. Really disappointed. Sixty-five to fifty-six over Houston Christian. They beat Houston Christian by nine points. This is a Houston Christian team that I don't think had had a game within like thirty, and they played no. Rice and they went down to the freaking wire. And in the first half, the score was thirty-one to twenty-nine. Houston Christian winning the game. Like I want to take you yeah. seriously, Rice. I really do. But now you're over here losing to Houston Christian at halftime. <laughs> yeah, they had to score 36 in the second half. Yeah, to win, and only scored 36. Like you're supposed to be an off. You're playing Houston. Look, so that's Christian. what I mentioned. Disgusting. Yeah. They're gonna get beat yeah. by. No, that's 40. why I mentioned the the Houston game. 40. Like, there you go. There's there's your there's they your will lose by 40. <laughs> also tonight, North Texas versus Boise State. We haven't talked about North Texas men's uh, since. Oh. Charleston, I guess, but uh, that's yeah, a big okay. road game there. They're gonna need to win one of these like tough games, see if they can overcome it. But nice. yeah, so we got North Texas, Boise, we got Rice, Houston, and we got um, Texas Marquette on the men's side. There you, there you go. go. That's right. enough to do a podcast. Boom, easy. <laughs> all right, that's, um, all that's all we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Uh, leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe on the YouTube if you haven't already. Um, leave us a five-star rating and review if, wherever you're listening. Check us out on Twitter, DCT Basketball, at Matthew Bruni underscore, and at Ishmael R. Johnson. And, yeah, let us know what you think um, down below about your favorite team or teams that you're watching. So, yeah, we'll be back on Friday, and we will talk to you all then.